The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfit a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. And your bird can sing. Is this the one about Frank Sinatra's dingling? Oh boy. Stay tuned. No matter what it's about, this song absolutely rocks. The guitar solo is notoriously difficult to play. Yeah, I sure can't play it. Yet the song clocks in at exactly just two minutes. The Beatles outbirding the birds without totally copying them. I love Paul joining John at the end of each line of verse. The fact that the lyrics could mean three different things makes it even better to me. Yeah, I mean, I adore the song. It's like really the genesis for so much of my favorite music that came after the Beatles. The melody flies around like a bird, does twists and turns, and the harmonies and guitar minis inspired an genera- inspired a whole generation of power poppers. It's it's a classic. Did you invent the word guitar minis? Yeah, obviously. Okay. Just yeah. wanted to know. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, don't don't uh, you know don't don't uh, don't at me about that. Oh, please do not Did at I... loaded eleven <laughs> on Twitter or on, on Instagram. Hey, what I said not to. <laughs> <laughs> Written primarily by John Lennon, this song Eddie Burke could sing is notable mainly for its cryptic lyrics and the twin guitar riffs played by Paul and George. That drive the song. Aside from dismissing it as a substandard work, Jella never discussed Enya Bird Can Sing. His first wife, Cynthia, recalled that the song was inspired by her presenting Lennon with a clockwork bird inside a gilded cage, wrapped in gift paper, apart from the wind-up mechanism. She wound up the bird as she handed the present to Lennon so that it sang, leaving him with, quote, an expression of sheer disbelief on his face as he removed the wrapping paper. According to author Kenneth Womack, Lennon viewed the caged imitation bird as a metaphor for his marriage and a reflection of Cynthia's inability to understand him. The song's working title was You Don't Get Me. Okay, so that's one theory. Sure. In his 2007 book, Can't Buy Me Love, Jonathan Gold says that Lennon wrote And Your Bird Could Sing about Frank Sinatra after reading a hagiographic article on the singer in Esquire magazine. Uh, this is a classic. This is the beginning of new journalism. This was a classic. This is taught at J School. Written by Gay Talese, the article detailed Sinatra's wealth and power, describing him as the fully emancipated male, the man who can have anything he wants, and repeatedly mentioned his use of the word bird to mean a penis. Talese quoted a press release for Sinatra's upcoming TV special, which stated it was a show for those who were, quote, tired of kids singers wearing mops of hair thick enough to hide a crate of melons. And he said Sinatra aimed to communicate his talent to some rock and rollers. In a sense, he was battling the Beatles. So that that makes, um, the, the, especially the lyric, and your bird is green, really funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lennon was possibly piqued at the recognition afforded Sinatra at the Beatles' expense in the recent 1966 Grammy Awards. Okay? Okay. Singer Marianne Faith... Okay, so this is the third theory. 
Singer Marianne Faithful said the song was addressed to Mick Jagger and written about her since she was Jagger's girlfriend, or a bird in English slang, at the time. According to Beatles biographer Steve Turner, Faithful's interpretation is incorrect since she was not in a relationship with Jagger until later in 1966. Fourth theory. Some writers have speculated that Lennon's lyrics were directed at Paul McCartney. According to Rolling Stone, it's supported by Womack, the line, You say you've seen seven wonders, could be a reference to a comment McCartney made in 1964 when the Beatles were smoking cannabis with Bob Dylan in New York. Under the effects of the drug, McCartney declared that he knew the answer to the questions of existence and told Beatles' roadie Mal Evans to write down any statements he made on the subject. McCartney was later dismayed and discovered that, rather than the ingenious declarations he recalled, his realizations amounted to the phrase, there are seven levels. Okay. I like, I like the Sinatra one. (laughs) Me too. But, you know, I've never heard the phrase, I've heard the phrase bird to describe, like, this is my girlfriend, which, you know, not great. But I've heard it. I have never once heard someone talking about their penis and calling it a bird, but I like the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the article, Frank Sinatra has a cold, like they, they Sinatra asks his friends, how's your bird? Okay. And then they have a giggle. <laughs> sure. I, I mean, again, sometimes the truth with some of these stories really lies in between. I could see, you know, Lennon subtweeting McCartney with the seven wonders thing. So it could be some of that too. Uh, Excellent pun, by the way, tweeting and your bird can sing. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm glad uh, I could uh, accidentally uh, come up with something good, (laughs) but I like the Sinatra story best. I'm going with old Frankie blue eyes. Me me, uh, too. Uh Uh-huh. Any Bird Can Sing was the theme song for the Beatles' U.S. cartoon series during its third season. Beatles first recorded the song on April 20, 1966. It was originally a different key, and it sounded really like the birds, so they changed it. Um, you can hear it on Anthology 2 and in the Revolver box set, uh, the, this version. There's also a version where, they're just, where John and Paul are giggling profusely. Hmm. Could I get through the song? Probably because they were uh, thinking about Frank Sinatra's penis. <laughs> that's a theory. <laughs> they were also high as a kite. Oh, sure. Ray Davies says, don't like oh, we're this. Back. Oh, come on, Ray. <laughs> the song's too predictable. It's not a Beatles song at all. Eh. Uh, I don't know. Sure it is. It's on a Beatles album. Yeah, it's man. Also, uh, how is it predictable? The guitar line really just goes freaking everywhere. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, I think Ray. Ray. I think Ray's a little upset he didn't do it first. Raymond. I should have ripped off the birds. No, yeah, I should have ripped off the birds. Q Magazine ranked the song at number six on its list of 20 greatest guitar tracks in October 2008. Guitar World Magazine ranked Harrison's playing on a song at number 69. Noise. Nice. Let's listen to 100 Grace guitar solos. American guitarist Joe Walsh sought to master the solo on Eddie Bird Can Sing, believing that George Harrison had played it in a single take. Walsh, who married the sister of Starr's second wife, Barbara Bach, 
There she is mentioned again. Hmm. Said he only discovered that it consisted of two parts when discussing with Ringo how he had spent years laboring over the solo. Walsh concluded, I think I'm the only guy who could play it, including George. Probably right. I, I shortcanned. In his commentary for Mojo, Toby Lid identified the track as the birth of all power pop, from Big Star through Cheap Trick to Fountains of Wayne, and the inspiration for other artists that use Jingle to attack. Bingo! Exactly correct. And you are Mr. Power Pop, so that means a lot. I am the only 30 something, likely the only 30 something Power Pop enthusiast. I don't think that's true. It, it but, used to be true when it was when I was in my twenties, but probably not anymore. <laughs> when I, I when I started doing that bit, I was like twenty two, and then I would change my profile to just be like twenty three, and now I'm in my thirties. I was like, at a certain point this this year, I'd say eh, thirty something. Mm. <sighs> Mysterious. Happy to workshop other ideas, everybody. <laughs> hmm. All right, at loaded eleven. Don't at me. <laughs> in 2002, Genesis drummer and vocalist Phil Collins said Revolver was his favorite Beatles album and highlighted And Your Bird Can Sing as one of the best songs ever written. And it's only a minute and a half long. Among the other artists who have covered And Your Bird Can Sing are the Flamin' Groovies, the Charles River Valley Boys, Spanky and Our Gang, The Jam, Guadalcanal Diary, Matthew Sweet and Susanna Hobbs. I like that version. It's a great version. Les Fradkin, R. Stevie Moore, and I Fight Dragons. I'm going to throw uh, Wilco into this. I know they covered this during an all-cover set at their f- uh, festival that they throw in Massachusetts. They played it, and they're like, we work so hard on that song. Let's do it again. Because <laughs> it's as... <laughs> You know, it's very short, and it's a lot of work for very a very quick payoff. That's right. They're not Joe Walsh. They They're not Joe. It, you know, it, well, at least Nels Klein can play it. We know that now. Mm. Now we know. There yeah. should be a running list of the guitarists who could, do, who could do the solo on their own. Love counts. None. No love. Josie Scale, is this song better than your love buddy outfit? I say, uh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm giving it a yeah. Yeah. The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfit a lot. So are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. Oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine.